Hey everyone, welcome to the new episode of the Boostly podcast. Today we are going behind a host and hearing a host who's based in Newcastle in England and uh, hearing his story and seeing what tips and cheers that he's going to have for us. Um, if you haven't sort of already heard, then there is the Boostly podcast that you're listening to, of course, and uh, this is the podcast that gives you the tools, the tips, the trainings, but most importantly, the confidence to go out there and get more direct bookings. And Part of the reason why we do these uh, behind the hosts is because it really, hospitality can be lonely. So really hearing it from other people's perspectives and some of the challenges and some of the successes that they're going through can really help you as a host in your business. So let's dive in. I've got V. Uh, Vensky from HNFC Stays. So welcome along. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Because I always worry about yes. that. Yes. yes. Awesome. That's the correct name. <laughs> thank you very much. So welcome along, V. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Liam. Thank you. Thank you. So let's dive in. Tell us um, a little bit of an introduction to who V is, where you're based in the world. I can detect that's not a Newcastle accent as well. So uh, tell us about how you come to be in Newcastle and uh, yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah. As, as you probably picked up, yeah. I'm not from around. Yeah. So um, to cut the long story short, so I left home when I was 14 and I'm from Belarus. So I'm a Belarusian and all my family obviously from Belarus as well. So I left home when I was 14 to study in New Zealand all by myself. So that's actually where I picked up uh, most of my language skills because all I knew is the one word I don't understand. Well, I don't understand. That's all I knew when I got there. So for three, four months, that's literally all I was saying. And then obviously as the time passed, I got more. And after I graduated uh, through my Cambridge examinations there, I basically got accepted into foundation in, in the UK, into, into um, Huddersfield University, and then decided to take a completely different path, uh, path from intended go with finance and investment management, because I've been quite interested in my college back in the days. And that's kind of how it all started. That's cool. I mean, to leave home at 14 and to take that big risk, that's already... Um, how did you feel taking that, uh, that step? Um... I'd say it was one of the most interesting, probably, chapters of my life. So um, one thing that actually my uncle taught me, well, again, when I was 14, because it's literally have no family, you don't speak the language, it's New Zealand, it's a completely different culture, you don't know what's happening there. But it was only for the one main reason, to learn more about the, how the business has been made on the West. Mm -hmm. And obviously get into the really good education with the Cambridge because I want some grants. Obviously, the education was quite expensive with that. So it probably was the drive to become an entrepreneur that actually said, okay, I'm without my family, without my friends. I don't know anything, but that's what I want to do. So that's why I will do that. Amazing. Very inspirational. So talk us through HNFC Stays. How did the business come about? And um, tell us... Whereabouts, obviously, we know it's Newcastle, but how many units and who you tend to serve? What kind of avatar? Yeah, yeah, of course. So HNFC kind of has a long history. Now we'll, in April, we'll be five years old. So the company has changed its operations uh, in the last few years. At the beginning, we started as an investment firm. So we've been managing money for clients, wealthy individuals, just on a, on a stock market. Then we got into the property investing and just a little... Uh, less than a year ago, we started doing vacation rentals. And the way it's actually all started is because I'm also here on my entrepreneurial visa and I had some troubles with our software. And so like, oh, 
what can we do? Let's try Airbnb. So basically I got into a South Shields. That's why I'm at today. And I thought, how about I test if I just rent out my spare bedroom? And if it works, I'll consider doing like the entire slide because obviously it's the risk. You, you don't have anyone to ask. You need the capital and you kind of lost that. So I've done this. It actually did pretty well. As it literally was a year ago. And now we manage four units and we'll get probably another two, like literally this month. So uh, we just bought a house on this Monday. So we're doing all the refurbishment. So it would be great. This place where I'm at today, it will be an entire flat for the next few months. And then also we'll probably get another good flat in Newcastle in for this area. In regards to the guests that we're serving, it's, we're still, we're still working this out because it kind of varies because we have two very central uh, flats in the city center, one that's, which is a perfect, uh, most of the time they are booked. However, it's very noisy. It's a listed property. So there's no double blazing and there's very limited uh, thing we can do with this property. So it's suitable mainly to young teenagers who actually generally need to experience the vibrant life of Newcastle because you probably know. Uh, it's a very interesting experience uh, for people to have. But in the same time, we do uh, host families, especially students with, uh, with the graduation when it comes to that. Some small events, obviously like no parties, but mainly it's like family and friends. We need a more quiet area still within the walking proximity to the city. So mm -hmm. that's kind of our strategy, what we're trying to do. That's cool. And I mean, there'll be people listening to this. We've got people all over the UK, Europe, and uh, well, all over the world now, America and, and uh, Australia as well. If they didn't know Newcastle, what would you say is, is, what is the vibe of Newcastle? Why do people come and visit? So the first one and is definitely a nightlife. So it's, it's very vibrant. There's a lot of pops. Uh, it's a lot like high energy. The way you probably would describe it, it's a high energy. There are many things you can experience to go to. Personally, I really enjoy Millennium Bridge. Obviously, yeah. it's a very nice slides. You can walk, you can have a, like a nice uh, meal there. And it just kind of gives you this peace while literally 10 more meters walk from the Millennium Bridge and suddenly you're all there on a night out. You're having fun with your friends. So it's very different. In, in the same time, the Angel of the North it's, it's very famous. So obviously a lot of people actually from around the world traveling to Newcastle so they can actually hike to Angel of the North. That's cool. That's cool. There's lots of, um, I always think of Newcastle as I think there's a lot of, uh, the reality TV shows and things like that. You see a lot of people, it's, it's very, like you say, very full on and definitely a place to go and experience. I've, I've been there myself. So take me back to Obviously, you're now at four units. Congratulations on the purchase as well. And obviously, the business has changed quite a lot since, you know, letting out the the spare bedroom. How did you find your units? What kind of structure do you use? Are these kind of bought, managed, or, or rent to service accommodation units? And uh, how did you feel getting those first units as well? Right. So it probably was obviously the hardest bit because everyone says, oh, just find more properties and it's pretty much you, you sorted. Obviously you're starting like everyone else is going through Zoopla, Rightmove, OpenRent, et cetera, et cetera, all these different websites. And for me, it didn't work out. So I started asking my friends who actually happen to be in the industry. They manage four or five flats and they have literally two flats in the same building as we have today. 
So they said, actually, I'll talk to my agent. Maybe she has something. Reach out to her. So after two months of searching, finally, she actually got back to me because it was complete nonsense. And she said, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do the viewing. Like, can you do it now? And I'm in South. She was like, well, it will take me probably like an hour to get this. And like, but I can do it now. So actually, literally getting an Uber, driving there because I know I need a flat. Like, I need it. So we're going there. We're seeing the flat. I was like, okay, it's not bad. And then we literally signed the agreement. The best part was there was no negotiations need to be done with this company because they know exactly what 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 I need to do and the whole building it's kind of focused on short-term rentals because if you leave permanently probably because of all the noises like literally you can hear the bus laughs outside because it's so central and their sound isolation is very minimal it's probably not going to work so an entire building like probably for 40 or 50 flats and probably 80% of them after the short-term accommodation so literally in my contract it says you're allowed to subletting or whatever you need However, there's a little catch to that. You need to pay a one month rent as their service fee for allowing you to do an Airbnb. So that was the only con, really. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot co dot UK forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. That's cool though. I mean, this it's good because it's one of the challenges that a lot of people, especially uh, who are doing rent to service accommodation or, or rental arbitrage, as it's known in, in the US, to find buildings which are you're allowed to do it and also ones which um, you're not going to have neighbors who, who are going to be, you know, sort of watching every move and things like that. So it sounds like this was kind of the perfect first, uh, first property. How did you know that the that there'd be demand for it as well. How, was there any kind of work you'd done where, you know, the location and that side of things where you knew that would work? So as I said, I was quite lucky in the sense of that my course mate that I started with, she's been doing Airbnb through, throughout the COVID and she survived. And it's like, there are horror stories that have been happening there. And her two properties are literally in the same building. And she said, yeah, that's fairly well. Obviously I've done the research on the local area, uh, how they get booked, what the standard trade is. But it's kind of obviously been a very immature approach because you have to figure everything out by yourself. But I knew if her flat is there and she makes money through it because obviously she says, oh, I make so much money, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. At least it will give me some confidence in that rather than pointing randomly. And it kind of makes from a logic perspective, you think, okay, it's very central. It's very convenient. Who I'm going to approach? Okay, travelers, business travelers who actually... They literally arrive it on the train stations, like five minute walk, or if you go to the monument station, it's again, five minute walk. You want to get to the old golf bars, the gate, which is like an entertainment center, another five minutes. So literally you can't get any closer to the city than this place. And obviously it gets books more frequently. That's cool. And one thing which, um, I mean, we've spoken before, haven't we, v, about websites, yeah, and, uh, that side of things. And I, I know your, I, I can picture the internal of your, your properties and, You've actually um, done the decor 
you know, which is right for your kind of target guest avatar, which tends to be, am I right saying slightly younger, you know, sort of under 30 most of the time? Is that is that right? Yeah, mainly I would say it is 18 to 33. That mm-hmm. holds the most. Everyone who is actually above 33, we tend to get negative reviews because it's not suitable to them. So as soon as we find out, we just say, well, and that's why actually we do have a family home. I mean, I call it a family home, but it's more relaxing. And actually, interesting story, the way I found the second property, it was five weeks after, because I said, okay, need more money. And while I was doing it, I was working in, as a kitchen potter in mm-hmm. the South Shields. And there was a really, a, a, like a big turning moment for me, because when I was in university, there was like a three, four part-time jobs. Then there was a big job in a Santander. And I said, okay, I need to focus on a business. So we started the business and then it failed miserably. So lost 70,000 pounds. I said, okay, I need to start from scratch. Yeah, unfortunately. And I said, I'm starting from scratch and I need some money. So I'll go literally wash dishes, wash the floors. And I think, mm-hmm. okay, what can I do? And that's obviously with the first flat, but one flat obviously not going to give you me enough money to actually pay your bills. So you need a second as soon as, but then when you have two properties and at, right at the beginning, I was feeling them myself, like four months probably. So obviously I had to travel to Newcastle on the Metro, clean everything there, check everything is right to the standard, come back to 6 PM, do my shift six to 10, wake up in the morning, prepare another flat. And I was like, I did intense. Well, you bet, I bet you slept well at that time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Literally I could sleep anywhere at that time. I mean, <laughs> even now. Yeah. They say, um, they say a lot of the time property can be passive, but certainly my experience is, is the same as yours, V. When you first get started, you've got to be willing to put in all the hours available to, uh, to, to get the business started. You know, it's when it needs the most attention, isn't it? So um, that makes sense. But it sounds like you've overcome that challenge. It sounds like that was one of the challenges that you've kind of overcome. What would you say is the biggest, uh, the biggest success or, or the thing that you're most proud of so far? Well, um particularly proud of that literally in less than 12 months, probably 11 months, we've got four properties starting from scratch. And for 2022, starting from mid of April, our yearly revenue was 50,000 pounds. So literally in nine to 10 months, you get into the 50K in revenue for this year. Obviously it's a very ambitious goal, but my personal goal is to hit a quarter of a million for this year. Nice. So obviously, if we can even get to the two hundred thousand pound mark, I would be happy with it. That's but that, that's an ideal, and we need to get to twenty properties under the management by end of the year. And obviously, for that purpose, we're hiring more deal sorcerers. We're trying to find the actually salespeople who can help us. And obviously, I'm working way more on and building the relationship with Latin agents, which is the hardest part of the class. That's cool. And do you have a good relationship with your existing sort of landlords then, all, all four of those? Have they got more stock that you might be able to approach to try and get some more more properties? Well, with the Central Flat, it's a letting company. So they're oh. actually one of the biggest letting companies in, in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it is like, as soon as I got the viewing, I can actually know that actually director of the company. And then my business partner knew another director of the company and the main shareholder. So that's kind of how you actually know people who can actually help you out in a bit. But to be honest, since, since we've got this first flat and well, we didn't have anything with them, yeah. uh, with the second landlords, it's kind of tricky, very tricky. I'll, I'll be saying, 
but we'll see. I'm not sure how we can actually work this out, but we've pretty much raised all the issues because they kind of been a bit cheeky in a sense of, they say, okay, here's the house with the parking, lovely area, uh, 10, 15 minute walk to the city center, beautiful house, like two stories. You have a private backyard. I was like, okay, it's lovely. And then when I actually signed the agreement said, oh, actually the parking is not available. I actually rented out to your neighbor. I was like, okay. And the problem was, I said, okay, fine. Maybe I can walk without the parking. And then all my guests have been arriving because literally it's a car park outside of the front door. And I said in all my instructions, please do not park. There's no dedicated parking. However, it took me like probably three, four months to get the um, visitor's parking permit. Yeah. But still, they parking on this spot and had a lot of calls from him, like literally shouting, like crying his lungs out and saying, why are they parking there? I was like, like probably not. And they know they're not allowed to. It's just one of those things where it sounds like because it was not as simple as perhaps it, it, it should have been that the landlord's made his own problem there by renting out the space almost. But it's, it's one of those things that and, and the lesson that we can take from this for the people listening is just make sure it's you're really clear on what you're getting with obviously the contract, but also how important is parking like you say your guests are then assuming that if there's a space nearby then they'll 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 park in it won't they yeah. so yeah that sounds like quite a challenge and uh are, are things going a bit smoother now is it is it starting to get a little bit easier now you've got the parking permit uh, it's so it's so much easier because i said okay i don't want to cause you any problems i want you to enjoy hit the piece no problems you get in your guaranteed rent every single month with no delays no any complaints from your neighbors how about i'll buy out this parking rent from your neighbor mm-hmm. will that work for you and he actually thought okay it makes sense because i'll be paying with more money yeah. and also because there will be no issue i i own the parking i own the yeah. house everything is fine but then it got again tricky he said okay yeah but you need to pay me full amount in advance for six months right now and i'm not gonna confirm you give me any money just all in cash and i was like oh, okay yeah so, you know, things like that happen. But again, it's either that or, well, he would make my life help. And obviously it will have a direct impact on the business. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough decision. I wasn't really sure because literally I have no confirmation. I've paid for the parking and it just literally on shaking hands and say, okay, I trust you. Which to be honest, I don't. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, it sounds a bit, um, a bit suspect you know like but fingers crossed that'll all, all go okay so it sounds like i mean the, the thing that we can take from this is that there are challenges you will have to deal with with conflict won't you from time to time whether that's um how we manage the relationships with both our landlords and our guests is really our our, our jobs in hospitality isn't it if, if you're doing rent to rent model so it, it's not without as challenges but it does sound like you say from the cash flow is is now you've got successful business after only you know sort of 12 months getting those four apartments which is amazing tell me more about who is on your team so you mentioned you were going out cleaning are you still doing the cleaning or do you now have uh any team no. members is it no new? so we have a small team of four or five people and the way it works, so it's um, me and my business partner, his name is Dan. Well, mainly he's more involved with an accounting side of the business. And I tend to do all the operations, advertising, management, obviously, regeneration. So all the operations is on me. And since uh, April, I've actually hired a cleaner because I thought, like, as soon as I got the second house, I realized I simply cannot be two places at once. Simple yeah. as that. And they can 
quite far away. So I thought, okay, I'll get the cleaner. And again, it's a very first thing when you do not how this all works. Will they do a good job? Will they do it on time? Because guest arrives and that's all those things. But I was um, extremely happy that it actually happened. So right now we have a cleaning team who does everything. The inspection, we still have to do more invent- inventory checks because that is so common, like crazy common. And like literally, you don't say that, don't steal. There's a cameras. We have a lot of nasty situations when people simply breaking in into the flat because yeah. one of the past guests no user code and yeah. they simply decided to actually, it's their place now and they just stay in there. So, like we had a lot of situations, we've reported it to the police and obviously nothing has happened. No one even like replied to us. Do you have any systems in place where you change the code from time to time just to prevent yes. that? Yeah. Yes, we, we do it every two weeks and probably we'll do every week or so. It just again, like go there and change in every single location every week. It's a bit hard. But since then, we've actually made it like more common. So every two weeks we change the code because we had literally two situations like that. And the worst part is, it is like on your calendar, you say, okay, it's empty flat. It's being cleaned. You've got the reported pictures. Everything is fine. The guest comes in next morning, opens it and it's trash completely. You're unaware of that because I mean, no one was there. No one's supposed to be there. And then you're trying to resolve the issue with the guest, find them accommodation, urgently clean everything out and actually find out what's happening. And then you check in CCTV and you see some interesting people like literally wearing the, wearing the caps, putting the coat and letting themselves in when there should be no one there was really scary at first. It's definitely one of the darker sides of, of hospitality. Unfortunately, um, you know, you will get people who are going to take advantage from, from some of the units. You will get, you know, sort of uh, prostitution, you will get drugs, you will get uh, things stolen. How we manage that and how we put these things in place, like you say, changing the code regularly, having cameras and things like that. And also, it's also part of the mindset, isn't it, of going, oh, God, this has happened. Let's see how I can sort this problem as quick as possible and get things cash flowing again, which is is yeah. the important thing. And, and get that guest experience back up again. Because like you say, if they've walked in, this, that's been their first impression. It's quite a hard one to, to come back from. But just managing that situation and being good with communication is, is so important, isn't it? So, yeah. Tell me more about um, the tech that you use in your business. Do you use any tech at all? Yeah, yeah. So the most important bit was for me is put the structure right at the beginning. So yeah. obviously we pay a lot in overheads. For example, like as I said, um, on some months it's like six to eight k in revenue, but like my personal take is so little because I have to pay admin assistants. We have two admin assistants at the moment, and they also co-host that does all the checking. They deal with all the queries because before. 3 a.m., 1 a.m., I'm always replying. I'm always sorting all issues because it's kind of how I want to treat our guests. So we're always there 24-7. Obviously, the cleanest, actually, on some we do pay on 1,400 pounds, which basically you can actually hire your own dedicated cleaner and mm-hmm. have more control, save money, and maybe make some money along the way to clean other flats. But yeah, so we use Uplisting as a channel manager. That's a key thing. I highly recommend this. Obviously, there are a lot of different alternatives and it actually helps us to have everything in one place because as soon as you get more than one property, I'll say more than even two, it becomes a problem. Different calendars, clashes, double bookings, which is way more common than you think. But as soon as you actually set everything up, it's so easy to automate your business. 
like what perception, what messages goes there, discounts, everything. Then second, obviously, it's a beyond pricing. Mm -hmm. So this is basically a dynamic pricing software. There are some integrated with Airbnb, but I would strongly say do not use it because Airbnb algorithm is way poorer than others. Plus the main, the main idea is put heads in the bets. So it's not in their direct interest to put the right price for you rather than the lowest, which is something you perhaps want to consider. And we also use Hostfully since June. So we've designed all our e-guides customly tailored to the guests. So as you know, you probably can have like a nice leaflet or like um, a folder on arrival for the guests, but we thought, okay, we'll do it electronically, which actually automatically has all the events, pubs, cafes, scenes that actually it pulls up of the internet on your local area and address. So it's always up to date and it's based on the proximity and obviously all the additional information that we have plus additional services. So now our goal is to increase the average ticket by selling add-ons, early check-in, late check-out, bridge stocking. We do transfers as well from the airport and to the airport. And we're nice. thinking of launching your young chef that actually comes and do the cooking for you, but it's probably more to the premium side of the market. So probably not just yet. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint. And uh, we'll see you on either side. I mean, that's amazing. And one thing which I want to draw everyone's attention to who's listening in is that, I mean, you, you said you've been going, you know, a relatively short period of time, but the tech stack there is amazing. And that really helps you with the business and just drawing you everyone's attention. So our listing is really the heart of your business, which is allowing your calendars to be synced, all the messages going out to guests automatically, uh, guest screening and, and things like that is cool on our listing as well. And um, I'm glad to hear you recommend it. There's loads of people who are uh, sort of shouting how good uplisting is. So it's definitely one to, to go and check out. You mentioned beyond pricing and, and that dynamic pricing. When it comes down to the dynamic pricing, your point about not using smart pricing on Airbnb is so important, like you say, because the difference is when you're paying for dynamic pricing with people like beyond pricing, that's in their interest to get you as the host you know, the, the very best rate available, more income, basically. Whereas, like you say, if you're using smart pricing by the OTA, by Airbnb, well, exactly, all, all they really want to do, they, they don't really care about if you're making money, they care about getting your place filled. So they're making their percentage. So ultimately, they're going to just drop the price. And um, yeah, that's such an important point. So thank you for, for making that, V. And uh, yeah, hostfully guidebooks as well. Something which just makes you different from, you know, sort of uh, the majority of competitors may just have that old printed sort of guidebook or just an email which goes out to people. Whereas having that guidebook recommending, you know, the, the Millennium Bridge, the Angel of the North, all the stuff we've talked about earlier on is, is, is cool. So one thing yeah. I'd love to ask is what would you go back and tell yourself if you could at the very start of when you first opened, you know, for hospitality, what, what advice would you want to hear? Because I'm sure there's people listening to this who won't have already started their hospitality journey and that can help them. Probably I'd say get ready for a very bumpy ride. 
and say, get ready. Because at, at the beginning, I could not consider the fact that situation like this may happen. For example, it's another risk you want to consider if you're doing a vacation rentals or service accommodation is you can get some really nasty incidents. For example, in one of our flats, uh, one of the guests got a fight and they got stabbed. Whoa. So I'm literally, it was very serious. I was shaking for like half a day at the very least. Uh, and the worst part, it was happening during the day at literally 2 p.m. 2 p.m. on Wednesday, I'm receiving a call from a police officer saying someone got uh, assaulted at your house and there are two police cars and they do further investigation say who's actually the guest who's staying in your place. And he was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Obviously you're working with them, give them all the information. But at the same time, you're thinking, right, right. Okay, what actually has happened? Because they're not giving you any information, like literally none. And you don't know how serious this is. But the worst part then, because obviously they got in touch with the landlord and then you have to actually deal with them. Yeah, yeah, so really. situations like that, they put you under enormous amount of stress. So if you're not stress resilient, or if that's not something you would feel comfortable doing, I can see that because I think things like that do happen very rarely, yeah. but once in a while it happens and you need to have a grid to actually go with it. I imagine your, your skill set and ability to deal with, with situations is shot up massively in the last oh, yeah. 12, <laughs> 18 months or whatever. That's cool. So yeah, when we start to reach towards the end of these, we love to just ask a couple of fun uh, questions. So um, obviously, uh, V, you know, you host city breaks. Where was either the last city break that you got to go away to or where would you like to go away to? So the last city break, it actually was in Poland mm -hmm. and it was in Gdansk, which right. is literally the direct flight from Newcastle to Gdansk, which is like one hour 20 or something. And because I'm a Belarusian, I need to get a visa and everything. And also because I'm a Belarusian, I can't get any European visa for the situation, the war and operation. So it was very tricky and very nice place, uh, especially in a city center. So the old architecture. It's kind of fun how Poland, well, again, it's my own description because obviously, if you know a bit of a history, Poland got separated from a um, Soviet Union and since 90s, it's been kind of on its own path. So the way I describe it, Poland is not yet an European country, but definitely not the Russia anymore. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's kind of been in the middle. So it's interesting. You can see all these Starbucks, like capital stores. But in the same time, when it comes to opening the company, you're actually going um, to like a local council and you have to fill enormous amount of paperwork. Yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, that's exactly what it's like back home. It was like, okay. That's and so it's very funny how the modern technology goes with all those things. And at the same time, when you need to buy a ticket, you just literally like buying a paper ticket with the conductor, which is like a person who sells you on the train. Like, oh, so it's a bit of a, a mix of the old and the new there, which is to so just get dance. That's, that's cool. So yeah. what would you recommend? So when, during your journey of your entrepreneurial journey, has there been any either books, podcasts, or movies, which you have taken inspiration from? Yes, there was one great book that actually helped me massively. It was from the Optimize Airbnb, I believe it's called, by uh, one of the... Dan Daniel Rustin. That's the one. Yeah, it's Daniel Rustin. exceptional. Like, it was so spot on, and there's so many things you can take out from it. And literally, they always doing it is like an action plan. 
you read five pages, you make the notes, you implement the notes. And that's exactly how I built all our business on it. So as I said, the sooner you put the structure in place with the good practices, then with next three, six months, you'll see a completely different business because now you can actually scale. Because if you don't put the structure right at the beginning, you cannot scale more than two, three properties. If at some point you'll see some faults, even now we do have a two admin assistants, which if one of them say, sorry, I don't feel like they're going to do any work and the guests still need to have whatever items in the middle of the night, I say, okay, you go. Yeah. So the, the business continue working no matter what. That's cool. And there's such a good little tip that Daniel Rustin, uh, optimize your BNB. We were lucky enough to have Daniel on the podcast recently. And um, oh, wow. I have actually, I was speaking to him on a call about two weeks ago. So he is, um, he's very inspirational. I'd recommend everyone go and check him out. He's got a TikTok as well, where you can follow. He's constantly traveling. He lives what he talks about. So he's constantly traveling. So he's worth following on there because uh just he gets into see some funny situations and and different um different cultures and uh yeah it's just a, a cool account to look at so as we come to the end one of the questions we we love to ask is is there a saying or a motto or a mantra that you love to that you really resonates with you or one that you live by yeah my one is i'm always learning and i really like the saying by law holds which is said i never learned anything by talking i only learn things when I ask questions. Some people think that ask questions is something you should be ashamed of. In university, in school, it's your job. With me, I perfectly understand I don't know nothing. And I will ask as many questions as I need so I can actually learn more about the topic. So the, my advice would be keep asking questions. Love that. Yeah, I really like that because at the end of the day, Sometimes people feel ashamed of, of not knowing and, uh, you know, not asking that question, but by asking that question, it's going to put you so much further ahead. So uh, thank you very much for that, V. So, um, yeah, how would we get in touch with you if we want to? So how would we follow the company or yourself personally? What's the best way to do so? So obviously, um, HNFC Space is our direct booking website with a lot of uh, blogs and content. And right now we're actually creating more content so we can help the rank can obviously bring uh, useful insights into the place and probably very soon we'll launch um, a lot of valuable content how actually people can get into the industry and what sort of little tips and things they should avoid when they actually go in there because I'm really passionate about the industry and especially the whole uh, little uh, challenges that I faced over the last 12 months it would be nice to actually share it with people for them to see what it's actually like and hopefully we'll provide them some value. That's cool. And I think you have a lot of people reach out to you because one thing I've got from, from today's podcast is, you know, it isn't, it isn't all sunshine and roses. You know, there is, there's challenges, there is um, hard work involved, but the result is that you end up with a, a cash flow business and an opportunity to grow that, that business. And you can talk with now validity over some of the situations that you've dealt with. So other people will be interested in, first of all, what those situations were, but also how you'd present, prevent them in the future. So that's, that's going to be cool. So thank you so much. Um, uh, so was there anything I missed um, before we bring things to a close? V? Everything was covered. The only thing I probably would add to our software list is also to put Notion in there. I'm not sure how much you know about the software, but basically Notion helps you to organize everything. Documents, processes, onboarding, uh, especially learning materials for your staff. Mm -hmm. I would say it's really important because at the beginning, every time you need to interview someone, then you have to onboard them. But rather than 
create a document, videos, share the link on Notion. You don't need to be involved. That's cool. And that's one which every business needs, isn't it? Is, is organizing. Even in your personal life, I also use Notion with all my yearly goals. And each single goal has kind of own mini action plan that you need to follow. So it's really helping. Well, thank you so much for that, uh, that, that tip as well. So uh, thank you, V. That's uh, fantastic to find out about your business. Um, thank you also if you're listening into this episode of the Boostly podcast. We know there's a lot of places you can put your attention and we thank you for putting it with Boostly. Hopefully you've got some uh, amazing tips from obviously that one at the end there, which is Notion, but also some of the software that you could go out and uh, and use like uplisting, beyond pricing, and also some of the real life situations uh, that you deal with in hospitality and some of the challenges that come along with it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, V. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you on the next podcast. All right. Bye for now.